Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hour number three to get right. We're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here on your Turn It On. Leave it on station 105.3 The Fan. The 2023 quarterback tiers presented by The Athletic. We'll get into some of that here in just a moment where Dak Prescott falls in this particular quarterback tier as the Cowboys were in pads for the first time during training camp during this 2023 season at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter coming up in about 18 minutes, what happened to Errol Spence this weekend? And do y'all really want to see a rematch? Yes. Um, We were asking about your favorite uh, local celebrities. Mm -hmm. Chris Arnold is a great answer. That's a fantastic answer. Just all over the DFW. Someone Mm -hmm. mentioned Dale Hanson. Apparently, your cousin is on the text line, KG. I know. I see. Looking for advice on how to handle a car wreck situation. There you go. Now you're the insurance cousin. You know how people with like big families? Yeah, I had. Like, yeah, I got that. Um, I, got, I got a cousin that can handle this. You, you are now insurance cousin. Yeah, I'm one of several folks in my family. It's like, hey, you got an insurance question? They feel like you know, it's their right, no, right? To, yeah, yeah. To no, ask me absolutely. That question. You family? I'm you not talking about you, cuz. I'm not talking not to, but you in particular. I'm no, he was, talking, he was talking about you. No, I wasn't. Feel some type of way. <laughs> um, also, someone mentioned Dimitri Obalor. Shout out to her. Oh yeah, he wow. used to work on WFAA. What what is she doing? She's these days? pivoted into something else. I, I can't really speak to what particularly. I think she's like done some podcasts or like maybe just kind of influenced her work. I can't remember specifically. Interesting. Um, but I mean, she's doing well for herself. Uh, and how about this from the nine four zero? Me and you. I think you could shoot high. Wow! But I can't tell you what to like. Enjoy your uh, thanks. You and your self deprecation, Reg. Oh, I, look, so, that's sincere. I believe I believe that there's more. There's there's better local celebrities. That's just, that's just honesty. I don't just know you will want. never, ever take the compliment. That is really. just honesty. Never take the compliment. Uh, the quarterback tiers of 2023. This coming from Mike Sandow of The Athletic, not the other Mike. that usually writes for The Athletic. What? You know the other one that you always make fun of me for saying all the time? Mike Jones. Who? <laughs> we got him. We got them, boys. Uh, yep, exactly. The NFL quarterback tiers 2023, where do Mahomes, Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and others fall in this year's particular rankings? There are one 
two, three, four quarterback tiers, according to Mike Sandow and the Athletic. This is one of the more anticipated quarterback tiers. Yes, a uh, lot of people believe in Sandow and his uh, his evaluation process. Mm-hmm. So let's just run it down real quick. First um, of all, the idea that there's four tiers mm-hmm. is kind of surprising to me. That feels kind of, if it's weird to say, it feels kind of little, like too few. But I guess, is the, does he define the tiers, or is it just like, this is the line, here's he, the line? He does define okay. each tier. Tier one, a tier one quarterback can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. That's tier one. Tier two. A tier two quarterback can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations and doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. Sure. Tier number three. A tier three quarterback is a legitimate starter, but needs a heavier running game and or defensive component to win. Gotcha. A lower volume drop back passer. Uh, Excuse me, a lower volume drawback passing offense suits him best. Okay. And then tier four. It's just dudes op- occupying the spot. A tier four quarterback can be an unproven player, not enough information for voter- for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally would not start all 17 games. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. All right. We're clear on that, boys and girls, on the uh, definitions for our tiers this year. And if not, we we just don't have time. We will We will figure it out as we go. All right, so he has five quarterbacks in Tier 1. These are, again, the quarterbacks that can carry their team each week and win because of said quarterback. All right, so the easy ones are the easy ones. When we talk about Patrick Mahomes, we talk about Joe Burrow, That's right. we talk about Josh Allen. That's right. Those are, like, the super easy ones. There's a couple of guys that come in after this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you still feel about Aaron Rodgers? That is number four. Right? Um, And then this is where we start getting into a couple of guys that I think people go back and forth on. I think a lot of the public is high on Trevor Lawrence. I think a lot of the like football nerds are higher on Justin Herbert. Uh, Justin Herbert is the one there that comes go. in at number five. Mm, look at me. Now, Herbert, I, again, outside the Cowboys, there are two teams that I'm particularly fascinated in and watching this year. Both of them happen to be in the same division. That is the Denver, Bron- yes, the, the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers because all those big-bodied receivers – that Justin Herbert has in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Like, he's got some real big receivers there. Does he still have Josh Palmer? Like, it always amazed me watching Chargers games. Like, oh, they, that's another wide receiver that they got that's pretty solid. Oh, that's another one. It feels like they have five solid wide receivers. He's got a lot of talent out there. And then, of course, Austin Eckler is still part of that offense. And more importantly, we will see Kellen Moore and how he operates with this quarterback and what this offense uh, is going to look like. So the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers are two fascinating teams, uh, particularly that their quarterback situation, what Sean Payton can do with Russell Wilson, we will see. So those are your tier one quarterbacks. Oh, and didn't the Chargers also add a TCU prospect uh, guy, wide receiver, uh, Quentin Johnson? Yes, they did. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson. Again, a bunch of big body Strong receivers. They still have Josh Palmer. They still have Jalen Guyton. It's a whole bunch of dudes. Dudes who can catch the football uh, and are big-time playmakers. 
So those are tier one guys. Seems like people. All right, y'all, y'all being wild. Nine four zero. Bale of the Birds is uh, tier four for Dak. All uh, right, y'all. Are, okay. Loki Joker on YouTube says tier three for Dak. Someone else is betting that it's two. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, those are the only ones that I've seen for guests. Oh wow! Thanks, Swaggy Booties. If this is a television show, it deserves an Emmy. You don't mean that. Wow! Again, just take the compliment. Okay, there are one, don't two, me. three. Four, five, six, seven quarterbacks Ooh, okay. in tier number two. Now, remember. Which would take us down to about 12th, right? 12th quarterback. That's right. right. So, like, Dak Prescott's in here. Guys, like, let's. Dak Prescott's in here. But, of course, let's start. We didn't get Trevor Lawrence in here. Or we did in the first. So, Trevor Lawrence is in here. That's right. I mentioned Dak Prescott's in here. That's right. All right. So, now I need to actually look at teams because I, I'll, I will forget somebody and I'll feel so damn stupid when I do. Um, By the way, Dak's average vote was 2.24. So his average vote was being a two t- a tier two quarterback. Oh, Kirk Cousins is in here. Kirk Cousins is in here. He, um, he had the lowest of the tier two quarterbacks. His average vote interesting. was a 2.5. So he was close. He was on the tier, teeter of being a tier three quarterback. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to be in here. Jalen Hurts is in here. He is at number six. Now, he had the highest of the tier two quarterbacks. Interesting. He was at a average vote of 1.84, which came in a shade uh, under Justin Herbert, who, of course, was the the fifth one. There. Yeah, it seems like people have it, – it depends on how strongly you believed in last season's performance for uh, Jalen Hurts, but I think a lot of folks um, look at that and saw that he was – like I, I said last year, I was like, I'm a believer now. Um, I wonder, I know that I could probably get a couple more easy answers in here. I wonder how Lamar Jackson is viewed by Mike Sando. Lamar Jackson is also a tier two quarterback. Where is he ranked? Older? Cause I mean, he still kind of ranks these, even though he puts them in tiers. So you're top. Yes. He does rank them in order as well as putting them in their tiers. So your top five was Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Rogers, Herbert, Hertz at six. Lamar at seven. Okay. Trevor Lawrence comes in at eight. Yes. One rain Dakota Prescott comes Jack in at, nine. at number nine. Number 10 is going to have Bobby Belt calling this station on fire because at number 10. Who am I forgetting? Is this Derek Carr? Nope. Who's the 10? One Matthew Stafford. Oh. Comes in at number 10. Okay, I guess. I don't feel, I don't love him, but I guess when you understand the ways that it's been described, the tiers have been set up, mm-hmm. he is a dude that you feel comfortable is just like, hey, we're going to drop back and throw the football with him. Like, there are holes in, within that within that uh, that game planning decision making, but that is something that he can do that fits in. So I get that. 10, and then we said Kirk is at 12, so I'm just missing one person in this tier? Yep. Is Deshaun Watson in here? Number 11, okay. Deshaun Watson. Now, respectfully... And I don't normally put on for Kirk Cousins. I respectfully would probably put Kirk Cousins at 11 and Watson at 12, based off of what they did last year. And that's year. the thing is that that is – but if you look at Deshaun Watson as a holistic player um, – I think he is better than yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you've definitely seen him play better. Than, but yes. just last year was so bad that you go, what the hell was that? Exactly. Right? So in this, I would have Kirk Cousins above Deshaun Watson. But either way, they're basically – Right there at the same. So I think that number one. So, wow. So Derek Carr ends up in the third tier. He does. Hmm, okay. uh, but my, I will say my quick takeaway on this is this tracks for about where we have 
Dak Prescott as a quarterback in this league, a top 10 quarterback that you can be good enough. Listen to me carefully, boys and girls. You can win a Super Bowl with. Can, okay, so just, you can win a Super Bowl with this quarterback. So Dak Prescott sits like right in the middle of this tier. Can you read again what the descriptions are for this tier from Mike Sando so that we can like let's let's look at what Mike Sando is basically saying about Dak, Dak Prescott in this way. He is a quarterback that can carry his team sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situations and doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. I think that is a very accurate description of a quarterback of the caliber of Dak Prescott. And then what that should remind us of is like, unless you are quite literally the elite of the elite, that is what's going to happen with quarterbacks in this league. A lot of starters in this league are going to be able to, all right, maybe not carry a carry a team at every given point and have some holes in their game. And sometimes I wonder if like we need to reframe ourselves because man, you can win with that type of player. I think that's the thing that people can or question is like, do you have to have a quarterback in the, of the caliber of a tier one in order to win a Super Bowl? I think that's the thing that people question. And, and what is about. the resounding answer to that? Well, I mean like it's there's, I don't think that you have to have a very particular anything to de- to absolutely win, but like what gives you the best chance? And my point is, Matthew Stafford was a guy yeah. who's in this tier who was surrounded with the necessary pieces on offense to elevate his game, where at times he could carry you, but then at other times, the pieces around him, Cooper Cup and others, were able to help him and make him a better quarterback. And, of course, you had a terrific defense on the other side. If the Cowboys, as we look at them now, Jalen Hurts, who's also in that tiers, played in the, played in the Super Bowl last year. But what did the Eagles do with him? They surrounded him sure. with a bunch of terrific talent to help him elevate his game. The Cowboys, it looks like, are in a position now where they have put the necessary talent around Dak Prescott, at least for this year, to help elevate him to be able to possibly win a Super Bowl. And you saw some of that today in practice with Brandon Cooks the way he was looking up with him. Um, tier three, real quick. Derek Carr is in this tier. I just saw that Tyler was in there, or Kyler was in there. Okay, I, I pulled it up to you know to be able to look mm-hmm. at what you were talking about there. Um, so and I accidentally scrolled just a little too far. So you, Kyler's in here. He is the next. Uh, he's literally the next one after that. You mentioned, or I mentioned Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill is going to be in here. Um, how many quarterbacks is it in this? It's pretty much like it feels like everybody. Oh, Geno Smith is in here. Yeah, 13 through 23. So 11. Is that 11 quarterbacks? That is right. So that feels like the rest of the starters. And then, like, the last tier is just young guys and dudes who are just like, yeah, you're a, you're a place filler. Um, some of those quarterbacks include, as you mentioned, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Mac Jones, yes. Uh, the reigning NFL comeback player of the year. And Geno Smith. That's right. Daniel Jones, who is getting paid. Just as much. And that's the funny thing is Daniel Jones is getting paid like he's a tier two quarterback. That's an interesting thing when it comes to the way that the Giants are kicking this. Geno Smith is getting paid decently too. I don't think that they're expecting Like the way that they went about this offseason makes it feel like they kind of know that he's a tier three quarterback. Which is funny. His voting average was right at three. Yeah. Was Geno Smith. But I think he's a better player than Daniel Jones right now. And that's saying a lot. Uh, tier four. This includes... Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and Gardner Minshew. So, like, again, these are just dudes that 
you don't know or you know plenty. Wait a minute. So we're at the point, and, I, and again, oh, that's right. Anthony Richardson is a rookie. Yeah. I was about to say, why is Gardner Minshew on this list? But yes, well, Anthony yeah. Richardson is a rookie So right now. Although it does seem like a lot of people anticipate Gardner Minshew, or sorry, uh, Anthony Richardson. He's looking good apparently start. so far in camp. This is the thing. He's got all the tools. It really is just like in-game situations. Is, he, re- look like, is yeah. he ready for that? Yeah. Um, and he's got a good head on his shoulders as well. So he I'm, does seem like that, yeah. The NFL teams seem to have gone to the point where it's like throw a guy in there. If he if he has the tools, uh, throw a guy in there and see what it is. And y'all, you see what Jim Mercer is like. So I wonder if they just kind of throw him in there and see if he can handle it. Out from the 2-4, I got one for y'all. Look at the talent around Aaron Rodgers when they won. Aaron Rodgers is a one-of-one. He's a tier one quarterback. It's been so. Especially, like, if you're comparing, like, current Aaron Rodgers, what, we're, what we saw last season, that is not the Aaron Rodgers. that we, Aaron Rodgers, when he was making it to the Super Bowl, or made it to the Super Bowl, like it happened a whole bunch. <laughs> right. right. Uh, when he made it to the Super Bowl, that's, an, that's a wild specimen because, like, he has the arm and the, like, the intellect, but also, like, he was, his calling card was athleticism. Yes. Like, it's, it's easy to forget that now. Mm-hmm. That was an ath- athletic quarterback. Yes, very much so. Um, so... It's one of the reasons why I was kind of surprised that he came back with the two FU MVP seasons because it seemed like his game was very much predicated on athleticism. And usually if you have your game predicated on athleticism, it can fall off a cliff once you get older. He became so cerebral. He was always a cerebral quarterback, but he just took it to another level during those two MVP seasons where it was just fantastic. Uh, Those are some of your quarterback tiers. That was insightful. and I, I really do appreciate the way Mike Sando does it. I thought this of the quarterback tiers that we've gone through through list week and everything else. Uh, I thought this one here was probably the most accurate of the the list. It's one of the reasons and why the description pe- as well. Yes, yes, the description is very useful. I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's probably the most anticipated tiers list uh, when Mike Sando puts this together. So always one that we could throw out there. This list can come back for 2023 or 2024. Oh, was it? It was on the it was on the chopping block or? No, I'm just saying this is a. It has the seal of approval, the KG yes. seal of approval. Yeah, for 2024. Okay, for sure. So if it doesn't, do we need to put in like a claim or something? All right. Oh right. no, no. Like full coverage or liability. Coming up next, somebody who needs full coverage for his medical bills. Okay. Uh, is Errol Spence because what happened to him last week was more about. But Crawford, at least for me, how Reg feels about it. We'll talk about it next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 of the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up, though? Regal Mendoza, hold it down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on this Monday night, the final day of the month of July here on your home of the Cowboys at Texas Rangers. 105.3 the fan. Uh, we'll get into a little Errol Spence, Brett Crawford conversation here in just a moment. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin Gray Sports. Find Reg on Twitter at Reg Attila. We'll go inside the gray area here in about 16 minutes, where, of course, there is no gray area. 
Uh, you can find Rigo on Twitter at Rigo Mendoza ETC. Shout out to uh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz are going to be, you know, fighting here at eight. It's not AT&T. No. Uh, at the American Airlines Center here uh, not too long from now. Uh, but the boxing that did happen over the weekend, let's go to, let's start with uh, cut number seven. Because when this happened, uh, a lot of us collectively said, uh, Errol Spence, uh, what's going on here? Sharp jab, fast, explosive jab to the head and the body. And there's a combination that drops Errol Spence for the first time in his career. Mauro Ranula on the call, of course, for Showtime Boxing, which eventually led to cut number six where Bud Crawford became undisputed and undefeated. And the counter right hook from left to right. Errol Spence on inline skates. And the referee has intervened. Mamma mia! Terrence Bud Crawford has made history. Bud Crawford becoming the first ever four-belt champion at welterweight undefeated, undisputed, now 40-0 and after getting the TKO victory over Errol Spence Saturday night in Las Vegas for the undisputed 147-pound championship. And now what sets up what appears to be a rematch because after the fight was over with, a very beat-up Errol Spence Said, wow. Look. You realize you're still in DFW. They might come see you behind this, Rigo. Well, there was... Wow. Okay. Um, What appears to be a rematch, as he said, after the fight was over. He yeah, wants, he said we got to run to the back. And he he wants... It, Arrow wants to do this before the end of the year. In December, yes. which I found to be incredibly like, hey, hey. Especially because Woo! he had taken a long time between fights. He did. Um, he did. And... Looking at the way that this fight went, right? It looked like he needs some time to do some recalibrating. Like, this wasn't just let me get healthy and go back to fight. No, no, no. You need to develop a plan because um, from the 214, they say Spence did not look men- right mentally. Some of the punches and hooks he was throwing, which just looked like there was no real thought or intent behind him. And I-, I hear where you're coming from. Something didn't look right, but I don't know necessarily if it was like mentally. It just felt like there was not a good enough game plan for what was a consummate power p- or a counter puncher. And Bud Crawford, like it is what he is. And like, I, I guess in trying to do some like pre-analysis, I talked about the fact that Spence is going to take the fight to you, right? Like he's going to push the issue. And he did some of that early. You know, some folks were talking about like he didn't really do it. No, he did. The problem was every time he tried to step in and like st- begin establishing the punches, right? Begin whether it's like, you know, jab to start setting up, you know, a straight or what have you. Um, there was just a solid counter punch coming right back at him. And he's getting tagged trying to get in. Even when he gets inside, counterpunch is coming. And it felt like any any attack that Errol Spence had ready to go was immediately shut down by a counterpunch. And so if you can't start anything off, how do you get there? And the problem for me is I don't know what the fix is. Like the whole time during the fight, I'm watching Bud completely tear apart any offensive attack that uh, Errol Spence has. And I'm like, all right, what can I think? Is like, all right, how do you counter that? And maybe one, the best thought I had, and tell me what you think about this as somebody who cares about boxing. Maybe more head movement so that when that counter comes, you can't get it directly in, right? Like, Because it seemed like it was so easy for Bud to be able to identify Spence's head when he was, you know, exposed throwing a punch. 
to just hit him. I'm like, maybe there needs to be more head movement. Maybe that's the, the what was necessary. But other than that, I was like, where do you go from here? Well, the scary part about Bud is, is that he is not only proficient, he's excellent in both orthodox and southpaw stances. Yes, and he he fought southpaw here, which, you know, is not typically where he goes. So when you've got a counterpuncher who can not only change levels, is also willing to fight in a phone booth because you mentioned the idea of Spence putting pressure yeah. on Crawford. At one point, I thought, okay, well, Crawford keep you at bay with this counterpunch. Maybe if you bull rush, get inside, and maybe you can get to work. Maybe chop him down with body shots. Or, nope, counterpuncher still. Crawford was willing to stand in there in a phone booth and fight with him. I thought what was really telling was not just how he was able to use the counters, but also his left hand was devastating. But more importantly, his combination set up with his jab. He would go one, two, one, two, three jab. Like the jab use for him was fantastic in this fight. And he was so technically sound. He had a plan for everything, had a counter for everything. But more importantly, he made Spence feel his power early. And Spence couldn't, couldn't replicate do anything right? with it. Because there was instances where Spence would get punches in. And it was almost like that was worse because it looked like, you know how like when a kid think they fighting and they play fighting with their parent? Mm-hmm. It looked like that. It's like... It, you think that they're supposed to hurt him, and he ain't feel it, right? Like, that was the worst part because it was, like, the instances where he did get off punches or a little flurry, you're like, all right, cool. And t- Bud is like, "What? What? Are, that? I didn't feel that. And so it's like, even when you do get in and manage to get past that counterpunch, mm-hmm. you're not making him feel it. So there was, like, because it got to a point where the fight was clearly away from him on the cards. And it's like, all right, well, you need a knockdown, except he's not feeling your power. Where do we go? And so, like, that's the technical part of it. And I think the thing that really was incredible was just that how definitive it was these are two incredible but i still believe these are two incredible boxers and i just can't believe that it was so lopsided not to take anything away from but but you feel like something had to be wrong i mean and it's it's probably just what spence that it's probably just erroneous it's probably just like a fallacy in my mind just because i'm i'm having such a hard time with that but yes and I, that's why I really just want to see it again. And I, someone mentioned it like that I need to see it to make sure it wasn't a fluke. And that feels unfair to Bud, but kind of. Look, I just I have to see Bud that. Bud been again. doing this to everybody for the last you know several fights. Yeah, you know, putting people out. And I think, look, man, for Crawford, he said it after the fight too. He said that you know Spence hit him with an, a looping overhand. You know, I think it was a left. He said. And he said he felt it. He's like, oh, this is this is all the power that he has? Yeah. Oh, I'll be able to walk through this yeah. for the rest of the night. And he walked through um, Errol Spence. Now, here's what's interesting about all okay. Of this, okay? So, of course, the winner, or excuse me, the loser can enact, you know, the rematch. Which, okay? I mean, if you're Spence, you have to. You look so bad that it's not going to be. I don't think it behoove you to keep trying to do this. Uh, with somebody else off of that fight. I think you got to mm-hmm. come back and see if you can recapture some of your, your your respect or what have you, whatever you want to call it. So Spence has 30 days to exercise the rematch clause. Here's the real interesting kicker, though. It's the winner, though, in this case, obviously, Bud Crawford, who will decide whether the fight takes place at 147 or 154 pounds. And that's the thing I was wondering is I wonder if they go up in weight, if that helps the power and that, you know, because there were some people that were talking about maybe he just looked sluggish, Errol Spence Jr., that is, um, from not being, for being, you know, the cut and everything. And I wonder, do you think that a well, if, if Terrence Crawford is like, look, man, I'll, I'll fight you anywhere. I'll fight you on your terms or your turf. We can do this at 154. Do you think that that changes anything here? 
I mean, that would be real generous of Bud Crawford uh, because he has the power to leave this at 147. Certainly. Like, if you want this rematch, you're going to stay right here at 147 and fight me again. Now, if Bud is feeling real good about himself, it's like, all right, cool, we'll fight at 154, and I'll beat your brakes off again there. I mean, more power to him. If I'm Bud, I'm staying there at 147 and making you do this all over again. Now, another part of the, about this fight, too, is before Crawford and Spence ultimately got this fight deal done, Spence was scheduled to fight at 154 pounds with Keith one-time Thurman okay. this summer before, obviously, things changed in March. And, of course, Spence famously said at that time, I've outgrown 147, and that's why he was taking the fight at 154. People are maybe thinking, well, maybe he has grown outgrown 147 and maybe not even taking the rematch with Bud Crawford is a good idea given what just happened to him. But as you, you've you mentioned quite a bit throughout the course of the lead-up to this fight is, and the 214 is pointing it out too, the money is to do this again and do it again at 147, 147 with the belts with yeah. the belts on the line. Um, that's fair. Um, I feel like we've been too boxing nerdy, and I apologize if you don't care about boxing because what you do care about is a good fight party. What was your fight party like? Uh, because I I told you I pull I'm, I'm gonna pull up with the homie to another friend's house, and the the I got to shout out the homie Frankie Frank I guess is how I was introduced to him. Homie calls him Frankie. He has some uh some pork shoulder. So we had nachos, put some pork shoulder on there, put some sausage on there, put some, put some pico de gallo on there. We were living and then just fight on a big TV, probably about 70 inch drinks. I did bring some drinks, if that makes oh, you feel better. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good job. Uh, good we job. had drinks after the fight because we were all st- we had some conversation. And then we got to turning up some music, having some fun. So the fight party went well. What was your fight party like? Uh, shout out to my boy Adrian. Uh, had us out to his house. And it was a cool fight party, man. Um had some Rotel ribs. Oh, you were happy because that Rotel was there, right? It was there. Okay. Um, I just had some ribs. My wife made her uh, her dope mac and cheese. Oh. Like three, four cheese mac and cheese. Like, it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, man, we just had a good time. Was able to talk a little football, watch, obviously, the fight. Obviously, by the time the fight started, you know what happened there. <laughs> um but other than that, it was fun, man. So we, it was just it was just a real chill atmosphere. The kids were able to come as well, so that was great. So definitely had a good time. So yeah, wasn't too bad. wasn't too bad at all, honestly. So it felt like I mean, one of the things you were talking about going in, why these fights are important. One of the reasons why these fights are important. Everybody's there. Were, were you like astonished by all the folks that were there? And I mean, obviously the Charlos were 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 talking big. Yo and. Find the one that, uh, if you can, the one that got slapped up by uh, Is that Jermel? Caleb Plant. That fight looks like it needs to be set up, apparently. Um, but no, the stars were out, man. Damian Lillard was there. Shannon Sharp, Draymond Green. As you mentioned, both Charlo brothers w- were there. Um, yeah, it was Jamal. Jamal Charlo. Yeah, Caleb Plant slapped him up pretty good. And who else? Mike Tyson was there. Like, the names were there because this is, again, the biggest fight that we've had in this division. Um, arguably ever with the four belts on the line. So again, for me, this is more about what Bud Crawford did in this particular fight, how good he was, how sharp he was. And I look, man, and someone pointed it out on the, on the text line, you know, Stephen A. Smith talking about, you know, on first take that uh, Errol Spence should retire, which I say might, too much. might do a little too much. Too- yeah. Andre 3000 was also there as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see him. Yeah. He was there. Him and big boy were there. Were there. Yeah. 
Um, but I thought the fight was tremendous. I thought the buildup to the fight was tremendous. A lot of respect between the two yeah, of that them. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Because uh, typically um, combat sports, you know, sell off animosity. Mm-hmm. And the storyline that can be created. And this one was sold. And maybe that's why it was so disappointing. Because this one was sold exclusively on the boxing prowess, the fighting prowess of these two fighters. And then the fight itself let down in that particular area. I mean, it was a master class. I mean, if you love boxing, you watch sure, sure, it, sure, like, sure. The, the master class. But again, there was a lot yeah. of master classes when like Floyd Mayweather was fighting that yeah. people got mad at because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the somewhat one-sided nature of it. Or maybe people didn't feel like there was enough throwing or what have you. They just hated Floyd Mayweather. I mean, fair. <laughs> I agree. But, you know, tried to express, what, you know, what those folks are feeling. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I found it really interesting. I It was amazing because I was watching and I was just flabbergasted in a way. Like, I, I mean, I guess if you were exclusively rooting for Bud Crawford, it was a blast just to watch him do his thing. Someone who was just coming in fairly neutral um, and just I want to I wanted to see a rematch. I was just sitting there flabbergasted as to how, just how badly Errol Spence got exposed in that moment. And I don't know if it's like a full exposing, but I think I, in that in that fight, just with the tactics that were in that particular fight, it was it felt like he got exposed. Well, we're gonna get the rematch. It appears, uh, at least according to to Spence, what he wants after he said at the fight. So, we'll see if it happens at 147, or if Bud feels generous and wants to go to 154 and meet him there. We'll find out. But uh, shout out to Bud Crawford for what was a masterful performance uh, on Saturday night, as he becomes undisputed, undefeated four belt champion at 147 pounds, and more importantly. Shout out to Lucius Alexander, uh, Zach Walchuk as well. Lucius had a ball. <laughs> oh, man, Lucius was talking to folks. The covers that they had there in and Vegas. Spe- was- speaking of all the people that was out there, like we were just talking about at the fight itself. Like mm-hmm. in Vegas, Lucius was telling me, man, like, you know, the rappers and all the stuff that pulled up, he linked up with some folks and was like having a ball this weekend when it's all a whole bunch of good stuff. So um, Vegas, I- I'm sure there's not m- many better places to be than Vegas on a fight night weekend. Right. Especially when stars are out, for sure. Exactly. The stars are always going to be out on the fight weekend in Vegas. That's very true. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we go inside the gray area where this particular Manning saw this go for this absurd. I don't understand what you're saying anymore. I don't either. Go to break. Which this is this? About to go inside the gray area where, of course, there is no gray area. Shout out to Robert Downey Jr. You always do this. It's not even the same song. Is this Metallica? No. No. Oh, I, my God. Th- th- what, are, what? what did you just say? No. Remember the, the, Rodrigo, the scene from, from Spider-Man? Rodrigo. I was quoting Spider-Man. There's, oh. Tom Holland. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
Whew, I, was I like, love the, Metallica. I think I was like, it was the quote. I was right? like, look, man, the people are not going to like it that you just called ACDC Metallica. Yeah, I know it's ACDC. Ooh, I, I was scared, ACDC. brother. You don't understand. I was scared. Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> what is he doing right now? I was now? like, don't do that. Because... I was quoting Tom Hall. But also, you do that, and this is this is not the song that you want. That, this is Back in Black. What? Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm, it's more so about ACDC. Every time I hear ACDC, I think about Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. But that's not, it's so fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. What's happening here? Th- nothing. It's your segment. It's time to go inside the gray area with <laughs> Kevin Gray. <laughs> right here on 105 Through the Fan. It's to get right for Reggie KG on 105 Through the Fan. What, what song are you thinking Don't of? worry about it. Just just keep going. No, nah, I'm just, genuinely curious. Don't worry about it. Um. We're live. <laughs> We're live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. I love my wife. She texts me randomly throughout the show. Oh, what'd she say? And she just texted me. She said, Child, no dinner served, so she's just now eating. <laughs> Talking about my daughter right now. <laughs> she had like a, a company at work event or something. Okay, that's what I was about to say. I was like, And I guess. <laughs> So who didn't serve dinner? Because I feel like that's a weird way to refer to yourself <laughs> if you're the one who didn't serve dinner. But I feel I have a feeling she wouldn't do that. <laughs> Anyways. Swaggy Buddhist was not feeling what you had to say. I told you they were going to come for yeah. you. They thought you really yeah. didn't know ACDC. Yeah, because they said I was about to say to Reg, in case you need to go into the booth and slap but, the sense into Rigo. Be careful, man. Just saying. Uh, by the way, Open World says they do not want to see a rematch. No, there's. I, I think that's the prevailing sentiment when it comes to... Um, when it comes to Spence Crawford or Crawford Spence, it, it was that was something that was it's a weird thought that flashed through my head and that's for some reason came back. Um, how do we decide whose name goes first on these? But Crawford's definitely the A side on this now. Yeah, but it was billed as Spence Crawford. It was because Spence was the A side coming into this fight. Okay. That is definitely flipped now. Because <laughs> Bud can say whatever he want, however he want to say it. Because he got all the belts. But then at that point, is Crawford Spence too? Yeah. Okay. That still feel, it feels weird because the first one was called Spence Crawford. Yeah. I don't know. Crawford the headliner, man. It does like it. It's it's something that's completely nonsensical and doesn't matter. And yet here is my brain turning this over. Well, this is what I sure, do with my brain power. Those are some of the things I'm sure they probably argue over. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Whose name going first? It don't matter. Both our names going on the on the damn marquee. No, but my name better be first. My name though. better be first though. I'm sure Bud Crawford will be first this time around. Uh, as we go inside the gray area here, uh, kind of a weird day at ESPN. As we found out today, first of all, congratulations are in order. Doris Burke is now going to be a part of the NBA finals coverage. Uh, Andrew Marchand, of course, at the New York Post, who does all the, you know, media columnist type work and that type of thing. Yeah, he's all oh never mind. I was about to call him somewhat of an ombudsman, but he's not really. Media insider. Yeah, because he doesn't work at the company. Correct. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. Doris Burke and Doc Rivers are now going to be alongside Mike Breen for NBA finals coverage. Mark Jackson is officially out of ESPN. Yeah, it's interesting because like this is delayed. The layoffs that ESPN had were a little while back and now he so it almost is like this was not actually a part of the layoffs themselves, but like a conscious decision to change the way that this thing goes. Or maybe it was a delayed effect of the layoffs. I don't know. Well, according to Jackson in his statement that he put out um, a couple hours ago, 
In part, said, quote, this morning, unexpectedly, I was informed that my services were no longer needed at ESPN. Although shocked and dismayed with the sudden suddenness of it all, I would like to thank ESPN and all the staff of the NBA ESPN crew for allowing me to be a part of the organization for the past 15 plus years. I would also like to thank the NBA fans watching at home and in the arenas throughout the league for all of your support to the NBA. A heartfelt thank you for allowing a kid to continue to accomplish his dreams. Uh, in quote. So it is now going to be Mike Breen. Have to have that. Of course. Doris Burke. Mm-hmm. And Doc Rivers. Yes. Um, Doris Burke is a great basketball mind. Obviously, Doc Rivers, NBA championship head coach. And she works hard at and it. She has worked very hard at Man. her craft for a very long time. Um... I'm just not sure how this combination is going to go, to be honest with you. I kind of like it. And I know, like, this isn't the cool thing to say right now because a lot of people, like, people just inherently don't like change. I think that's also something that happens. Um, But, like, (laughs) no, it was not over the Savannah James comment, Uh, respectfully. Uh, (laughs) Mark Jackson, I mean, basketball coach, I never felt like he was giving me, like, wildly great insight. Jeff Van Gundy, pretty good insight, but, you know, we can get to some places. And I personally like in a blowout when Jeff Van Gundy would get into his uh, old man yells at cloud situation. Uh, he did not always keep those uh, well-kept well just to the, the areas where it would Correct. be useful. Doc Rivers been a broadcaster before. He has, and I keep forgetting that because it's been so long at this point. And a good one at that. Like, he's a very smart basketball mind. Now, sometimes when he gets actually into coaching, the, it gets into these weird places where he'll give up a 3-0 lead in a series or something. He was good at that. But, like, he's a good basketball mind, and he's already proven to be good at, like, translating that to the audience. So when you consider you add the hard work of uh, Doris Burke, and then you add in, like, the basketball mind that is Doc Rivers, who has been good on broadcasting, I don't think it'll be bad. I think, though, the problem that I have is I also wonder how much of this is just, like, a money save, right? An idea that maybe Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson made too much money, and that was the inspiration rather than trying to put together a good product. Because I I could easily see it where that was ESPN's motivation more than anything else. Doris Burke, uh, with now being a part of the NBA Finals broadcast team, will make her the first woman to call a major U.S. men's championship on television. Uh, So Doris Burke making history there with her promotion to ESPN ABC's coverage of the NBA Finals there. Yeah, he called uh, he he called 04 NBA Finals with Al Michaels before he took the Boston Celtics job. Doc Rivers did? Yeah. That's such a long time ago, man. Good gracious. Um did not realize that. Also, people are calling uh Doc Rivers Ja Rule and his his voice. <laughs> I have <laughs> I do wonder, does Doc Rivers sound like that, like, in it just by himself? Because I think the Doc Rivers be sounding like that because he be yelling all the time. But we'll find out. <laughs> and we're going to find out how much yelling he's going to do and how much voice he has left after each broadcast. Yeah, and it's it's not just the NBA Finals. We'll find out pretty Woo! early on. Uh, shout out to Arch. Arch Manning. Did you see this? Arch Manning's one-of-one one Panini trading card, Mike ah, yes. Bassick. Has sold at auction for, check this out, gentlemen, a whopping 102000 
$500. And I know that Basic is somewhere sick because it's like, I, I, I think the, he does not believe in the value of this of this card in the same way that people are buying it up. Uh, hey, man, more power to y'all, I guess. This cat hasn't thrown a single college pass. Nor does he have to, right? I. By the way, that's a record for an autographed NIL card. The cool part is 100% of the proceeds will benefit children and their families through the St. David's Foundation in Austin. Charity. You love to see it, man. Just if you want to make something go a little better, throw charity on it. That's great. Um, can can I can I be uh can I be annoying right quick? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be pedantic. This is pedantic Reggie. I know right. a lot of people don't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I try and neutralize that a little bit by acknowledging that I also see it. Um can we stop calling things NIL in and of themselves? Like that is just the opportunity for you to use your name, image, and likeness. Like the deal is not an NIL deal, it's just a it's just a deal. It's just an endorsement deal, right? Um, it's just that the NCAA had not let these dudes do that for so long that now that they're doing it, we got to call it something special. It's just an endorsement deal. Right? That sounds like something for this or that, but yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, I, I think it's an Yeah, because I guess the, deal. the, the yeah. deals fall under the umbrella of name, image, and likeness deals. Yeah, but like we don't call the sneaker deal that KD signs with Nike an NI, a name, image, and likeness deal. They're using his name, image, and likeness. It's just so an guess, endorsement deal. Well, that's or Jordan. He's, well, he's a professional. This is more, These dudes are professionals, too. Uh, we we know that, but yeah, in, in the, yeah, it's, the it, most technical sense. But it's not in it's not inherently an NIL deal. It's just a deal that... That's the it's just an endorsement deal. We're dealing with the quote-unquote amateur athlete where their name, image, and likeness. Even then, as an amateur athlete, it's still an endorsement deal. It's just because the NCAA, NCAA hadn't let them use their name, image, and likeness, and now when they do, it's like we're going to call it something different. I find that weird. Again, pedantic. I know. <laughs> um, but, yes, that is pretty cool that uh, it did go for, for charity. Um, finally here, uh, let's have some funny bit. Um. The Paul George podcast, which apparently is one of the best podcasts. I think it's podcast vote, P. Yeah, I think it was voted best NBA podcast by somewhere, something somewhere. Um, had this funny story. Did Paul George and I believe this is Terrence Mann talking about a funny Kawhi Leonard story because apparently Kawhi is a funny guy as well. Who would you say has the most jokes on the team? Surprisingly funny, I'll say it's Kawhi. Easily. The shit he says he in the moments he says funny. it is hilarious. Like, this shit was funny. When you airball in practice, you got to stop play. You got to drop the ball, run down Everybody and back. Everybody say, we'll wait. Yeah, we'll say, we'll uh, wait. Nobody's above the nobody's law. Nobody's above the law. That's B. Shaw saying. So, finally, like, why, like, I'm not running? <laughs> Why you sound just like straight, yo, straight, like straight up? And B. Shaw like nobody's above the law. He like it's basketball. I'm a airball again. You're not about to coach me or teach me that like airballing is like not good. It's part of the game. That's like, hell. and then like 20 minutes later, somebody else airball. And Wise like, see, <laughs> he's like, you got it. In everybody's head now. Now everybody airballing. Are uh, you gonna have me nervous to shoot? Please, Kawhi, come on our show. <laughs> we need him. First of all, the idea that they call him why. That felt felt like a head you had to be there situation. That's what I'm saying. Like I didn't I didn't I didn't find that all that funny in and of itself. No, I'm not saying it's funny. It's just like the hearing, no, I know. Like hearing that, like obviously hearing 
you know, him being referred to as Y versus, you know, Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, you didn't say that much time, did you? Uh, <laughs> no, that's that's kind of the point. Like, you just couldn't go with the the. Co- the yeah, co- no, the the the, the cup part the was cup. really wasting a lot of time. Correct. Um. Yeah. Look, that after, sounds like something Kawhi Leonard would do. By the way, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I feel like me and him are kindred spirits in that way. No. Um. <laughs> I do. I've enjoyed like this rash of uh, podcasts like from players and Is giving it too us many of them stories. Though? I feel like we're getting really saturated with NBA player podcasts. Yes. However, I'm not watching all of them. And the great part about it is because of like the way that people have started to use or maybe not started, but have used social media to kind of promote their stuff. We'll get little snippets. And that's what I need. Right. Just give me a snippet of the funny and ultimately <laughs> have it make its way You're to satisfied me. At that point. And, like I think it's I don't remember what it's called. Uh, the podcast that Jeff Teague is on. And it's just oh yeah. Periodically, a story will bandy down my timeline of Jeff Teague talking about somebody busting his, you know what? He's hilarious on the court. And, well, he's hilarious because every time the story is about how somebody busted his, you know what, <laughs> on the court. That one was just like Kawhi did something that not everybody else did, and it feels like it really does feel like, hey, this is funny to us because we were there and because we know that dude really well. To us, it was just like Kawhi did not. Kawhi tried to pull special treatment. Which, by the way, there were some people that did not like that playing with him. <laughs> that became an issue in certain places. Uh, so I was like, ooh, I don't know how much that's funny to me. It's more so for me is the attempt of Kawhi trying to be funny guy among his robotic, you know, basketball. Oh, saying, see? Exactly. Hey, I, we, we, we miss a, people miss the shots now because you're making us work. Exactly. Exactly. That's inside the gray area here on the get right. Coming up next, we got your headlines on this Monday night, including this Dallas Cowboy who doesn't like football. Next on the Get Right. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.